What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Martian Media Montage, episode 71. We're going to be talking Scarecrows, Haunted Wee, Blank Man, Sammy and the T-Rex, Pledge Knight, The Gate 2, and Mosquitoes, as well as two video games I've been playing and recent pickups. Oh, yeah. Knocked it out in 13 seconds. Ah, ah, 13. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be talking Friday the 13th. I just... Anyway. Uh, maybe I should talk about the TV show. I'm not going to wish that one to fruition. I need to watch more of that TV show, but, well... I guess before I get into it, I will be talking about uh, two games I've been playing real quick. I've been playing uh, the Xbox 360 game uh, Ghostbusters. It's essentially the sequel to the original one and two. I mean, Harold Ramis or Remus, however you pronounce it, he's in it, which is awesome. You know, rest in peace because you do get to see him in Afterlife as like a uh, kind of like a ghostly holographic, uh, not holographic, hologram uh, apparition, I guess, if you will. Um, obviously, Venkman's in it, Stance, you know, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and you play as the rookie. It's essentially a cinematic running gun, no platforming. Uh, yeah, like a running gun, you know, with the uh, ghost pack and you get gadgets and you upgrade your gadgets. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It, it's really cool. Highly, highly recommended. It's uh, I haven't played it as much as I have been playing Yoshi's Island DS. I picked that up and oh boy, like it's probably a hot take. I do love Super Mario World uh, 4, <clears throat> which is uh, obviously the fourth installment of the original Mario series on Super Nintendo, but I've always been, I think, more of a Yoshi's Island fan, Super Mario World 2 on Super Nintendo. And then I was uh, researching this one, and I was like, oh my god, it's essentially a sequel to that game. I was like, I gotta play this. And man, it is a really, really fun platformer. You get to use, uh, what, Baby Peach, there's uh, Baby Donkey Kong, you even unlock Baby Bowser. And if I'm not mistaken, you also do, that's true, you get uh, Baby Wario as well, who has like a giant magnet and can collect uh, like coins and allows you to use like magnetic, uh, I guess like platforms and boxes that he can move. There's a lot more puzzle elements in this game comparative to uh, its predecessor. But yeah, Yoshi's Island DS is a lot of fun. I think I'm on World 4 or 5 already. I'm almost done with it. It's so much fun. I love that game. And it was so cheap. It was only 15 bucks. Can't beat that. And uh, recent toy pickups... Uh, I actually picked up eh, about a week ago um, uh, a little bag of uh, Sonic toys. I wasn't even really looking for toys. I was honestly looking for uh, – I go to this thrift store where I make donations, and I saw that they had a box set of the Anne Rice uh, Vampire Chronicles. And I was like, man, I already have one, and then I have five or whatever order it goes in Memnock the Devil. I have Interview as well as Memnock the Devil. And I was like – well, they don't have it. And then I just literally turned the corner and I saw a bag of toys. And I was like, dude, 350 for you get Sonic. You get uh, Super Sonic, um, the golden version. And then uh, Knuckles, he's missing a shoe, but I'm like, whatever. You know, for $3.50, this big old bag. And then you get uh, Sonic the Werehog, as well as the uh, robotic Sonic that you see in one of the earlier installments in the Genesis games. I was like, dude, all of those, the five inch. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog toys from uh, Jack Pacific for three fifty, you know, and then you go online. It's always nice to know what they're worth, and you know that bag goes for like fifty bucks. And I'm like, I paid three dollars and fifty cents, sold. I'm down. So I'm glad to add that to the collection. But there you have it. There's the games I've been playing. There's some toys, and I'm going to be talking Scarecrows, Haunted Ween, Blank Man, Taming the T Rex, Pledge Knight, The Gate Two, uh, The Trespassers, and Mosquito. So stay tuned. I got a lot of movies, and I got a lot of things to say about them. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? All right, I'm going to be talking to you guys about Scarecrows 1988. But before I do that, I'm going to continue listening to King Potena's Goat Rider. It's uh, Mr. Doom, a uh, guy that I subscribe to, and it's like Doom, Psych, Desert Rock, Stoner, Metal, whatever. I don't know, I just really enjoy it. Okay. But before I get into uh, 
get into scarecrows, uh, here's a little things that uh, I actually I'm trying to do a little more better in regards to uh, movie reviews. So like instead of just giving you guys IMDb wiki, whatever I can find on it, whatever I'm watching, I've been trying to like write down like whether it be quotes or cool uh, scenes. So before I get into it, I'm going to be telling you in the beginning, they jump from a helicopter and they find the scarecrows. And one guy says, bloody hell, it's <laughs> it's a scarecrow and it scared the hell out of me uh, in in the dubbing, it's pretty funny because he wasn't even speaking at all. That's why I had to write it down. I was like, well, this is just so ridiculous. Uh, there's also a guy drawing artwork on the ground. And uh, the same thing, the mouth's not moving. And he's talking. It's pretty funny. He's super sweaty, so there is that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he gets uh, cut, and he lifts uh, the hood to the uh, fucking airplane and realizes that there's no engine and he flees like it's a joke. I'm like, what the hell? One guy says to a girl who happens to be one of the hostages, uh, he says, go ahead and leave. They'll rip your uh, tight little asshole before you can say canned fucking pasta. <laughs> uh, one guy realizes it's the uh, scarecrows ripping people apart, making them zombies. And that's, yeah, they're basically like the undead, I guess, versions of uh, people per se. Uh, they start to hallucinate in the cabin as if the scarecrows are playing games with them. It's the essence of scare is it's really there and it's prevalent in the film because they're trying to fly out of there and you get that sense of kind of claustrophobia, even though they are in like a cabin as well as a cornfield and they're losing their minds. That, that's just what I managed to write about the film. That fucking quote though, they'll rip your tight little asshole before you can say fucking canned pasta. That's so funny, dumb. But it cracked me up. Okay. Scarecrows, 1988, rated R. It is an hour and 23 minutes. It is free on YouTube. Uh, the tagline is, trespassers will be violated. Uh, perfect. Cut it. Print it. Short and sweet. Cool. I love it. Cover art, too, is also pretty cool. Labeled as action crime horror, which works for me, considering the criminals are holding a hostage and looking for money that they stole that fell from the uh, airplane as they crashed. Well, they, I guess it's kind of like a crash landing. They landed, but it looked like they were crashing. The plot is as follows. Criminals hijack a plane and force a pilot and his daughter to fly to Mexico. However, unexpected uh, landing finds them in a cemetery, I guess, sure, inhabited by killer scarecrows. Uh, on that note, they cut victims open and fill them with straw and are essentially uh, – they like these scarecrow zombies basically perform surgery on their victims and sew them up and use them as murderous puppet zombies, I guess, if you will. It sounds cool the way that I described it, but the movie overall is – it's sort of mediocre, but I'm glad I watched it nonetheless. Like I've heard a lot about it. I think I vaguely remember seeing the uh, cover art at, uh, probably at a movie store as well. It's a cool premise, but it's just missing something to me in my opinion at least. I'd still let's say, as I stated, it's at least worth one watch. Directed by William Wesley, another tagline uh, for the film on IMDb is that they only want a brain. Ellipsis, yours. Little Wizard of Oz reference, 1939. Shout out to that film. Uh, another solid tagline to me, and that one works as well. Trivially, amazing story here. Tragic as well. Uh, producer and director were taking a flight to L.A. to edit the film, and they went to the wrong airport and missed that flight. It was a Delta 191 flight and encountered a microburst upon landing and crashed, killing 137 of 163 people on board. The section of the plane where they were to be seated had no survivors. Wow, that's that's incredible. 
the theatrical run was a one-week engagement at Des Moines, Iowa Theater done solely to, uh, to tell video distributors that it had a theatrical release. There is an alternate unrated release with uh, four minutes more of gore that was trimmed in order to meet the uh, rated R rating. March 26, 1991, released also in Portugal and also known as Evil Stalks. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, that works too. Filmed in, uh, what is it, uh, Divine, Florida, I believe? Somewhere, Dwayne maybe? I, I don't know, somewhere in Florida. How about that? I'll just say that. Budget was 425000 Now let's visit Wikipedia. Independently financed, no surprise there. Filmed in 85, released direct-to-video years later after Manson International Pictures went bankrupt. Uh, sounds like that happened to a lot of these horror films back then, that they make these movies and then they don't they get shelved and then released later on once some other distributor decides to pick them up. That's unfortunate. Screenplay is that the director, William Wesley, uh, devised three farmers who died and act as sentinels of the field and farmhouse, making a lot more sense to the film and writing because the film, they pan to this old photo of the farmers in the cabin or house, whatever you want to call it, but don't necessarily explain anything. So thank you, Wiki. Actor Ted Vernon was a local uh, from Florida and financed $150,000 of the budget of his own money. Wesley, uh, the director, in a 2015 interview stated that Vernon was unhappy with his lack of lines. Well, thanks for the $150,000 nonetheless, right? <laughs> Filmed in 24 days. The airplane sequences were shot in Mexico six weeks after filming finished. The farmhouse was at the edge of a swamp and actually falling apart. Rented for three months at a rate of $250 a month. $5,000 was actually only used for special effects thanks to uh, Peter Deming, who worked on Hellraiser and Evil Dead 2. And it shows because the graphics are pretty fucking cool for the time. The film was surprisingly successful in the home video market, grossed 3 million uh, horror reviewers across the board, gave it 3 to 3.5 out of 5 stars. IMDb gives it a 5.4 out of 10. The VHS release was September 28, 1988. And on DVD, February of 2007, and then final, Blu-ray 2015, and then by 2019, announced out of print. So go find a copy any which way you can, that, or just stream it for free on YouTube. That's what I did. There's a little bit of ads here and there. It's really actually not that many ads from what I remember. But uh, like I said, nonetheless, go watch it. It's it's at least worth one watch. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, even though despite it was just being okay, in my opinion. All right, on to the next film. All right, next film I'm going to be talking to you guys about Haunted Ween. Uh, <clears throat> there is a little girl that wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't cut off her own head. I'm, I'm laughing at my writing because I'm like, I'm vividly remembering these like sequences uh, in the film. So like I stated, I'm trying to watch a film, write about what I'm seeing, and then I'm going to go into IMDb and trivia a little later. But uh Speaking of the head, let, let's go swimming. I don't have a suit. I don't want to swim with your uh, swimsuit, Joanne. That's what a guy says. It's pretty funny. I mean, because they're these kids that are working in a haunted house. I'll explain the mo uh, movie a little later. But uh, there's a sequence in the haunted house where she didn't want to cut off her own head. And she takes this guy swimming. And, yeah, he. <laughs> they decide to go skinny dipping in a little lake. And then they essentially get killed by the uh, killer. But it's pretty funny because... Uh, yeah, just the fact that she was like, I don't have a swimsuit. And he's like, well, I don't want to see you in your swimsuit anyway, Joanne. <laughs> so funny. Another guy uses uh, a similar line, and a girl is like, what do you think I am, Flipper? He's like, Flipper didn't have a swimsuit. So, 
Oh, bad dialogue, but it's awesome at the same time. It must be sponsored by RC Cola because everyone had some sort of RC clothing. And if I could find some sort of vintage Royal Crown Cola clothing, that would be awesome. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's Royal Crown and then obviously then there's Crown Royal, the alcohol. But anyway, back to this. The OST was actually interesting, especially when the killer was around, similar to Halloween meets like Friday the 13th. There was definitely a good idea for a film here. But uh, due to probably budgetary constraints and then it being straight uh, to video, it falls short in that regard. But it's a really cool concept. I really had a good time with this one. So, you know, I Googled uh, top obscure slashers and this one came up and it was free on YouTube. And I was like, oh, dude, I got to watch this. Uh, Probably due to the uh, corny dialogue and the video quality, as I stated, in regards to uh, the overall outcome of this film. So the killer starts to uh, kill a room in the haunted house and no one knows that it's real uh, at first. Once they do, everyone flees. So does the killer, but then he's run down by a guy. Uh, the guy, well, excuse me, the killer escapes in like this basically run down like rape van. And the guy runs out with a shotgun he shoots the van and it blows up. And then it like careens off into like a ravine. So that's pretty much how it ends. I was like, was there explosives in the van? Like, you know, he's shooting behind the van. It'd be a different story if the van was coming towards him and then he shoots the front. Cause sure, you know, the whole gunpowder and the uh, ballistics would cause the gas to explode. But I'm like, he shot the back of it and it explodes, whatever. That's probably where all the fucking money went for the effects. Okay, <laughs> Haunted Ween has a 4.8 out of 10 on, nine, or, uh, on IMDb. Came out in 1991. As I stated, it is free on YouTube. It is an hour and 28 minutes shot on video. And uh, it, it, it's, it's really cool horror. And it's a cool premise, like I said. Uh, and uh, it's, it's light on the nudity as well. You know, it's just sign of the times, right? Horror comedy blended well enough. Uh, for this hidden gem in my uh, regard. Plot is 20 years ago, a deadly accident forced Eddie Berber from his home. Since Eddie was younger, he wanted uh, to be a part of the family business, the Berber haunted house. A note is placed on a local frat, uh, giving permission to use the old house as a fundraiser. While students prepare the house, they are soon hunted down and placed in the haunted house for amusement for the uh, patrons who pay to enter. Nobody at first knows that it's real. People are dying and laughing, and then they realize the truth. The tagline is, when fantasy becomes a deadly reality. For a VHS release, that's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, Written and directed by Doug Robertson. uh, His only claim to fame, because unfortunately he passed May 31st, 2020 in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So rest in peace, sir. This was the only film that he ever wrote and directed. Trivially, the actors were students at Western Kentucky University at the time. And uh, featured in Red Letter Media as best of the worst series in regards to films. And, yeah, I mean, I still had a good time with this movie. Filmed in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Now to Wikipedia. It's a very rare VHS collectible, and they only made 2,500 copies in 1991. 22 are left to be still in shrink wrap, mint condition. It's extremely hard to find for the sole purpose of trying to uh, physically collect a VHS. But the DVD is affordable, and it's less than $20. Not much else on this film because of its obscurity and just rarity. Uh, I would highly recommend watching this one. It was a really cool kind of like homage to uh, 80s slashers and made, you know, in the 80s and then released uh, in the 90s. So 91 to be exact. Uh, I would still say go watch it. All right. Move on to the next film. 
I'm going to be talking to you guys about the classic Blink Man with Damon Wayans and David Allen Greer. I actually didn't write anything beforehand. I was just so captivated with this film because I thought it was so funny. And it seems like critics kind of panned it. I was cracking up the entire time. I, I feel like I haven't laughed that much out loud in a long time watching a comedy. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Loved it. It is free on YouTube. Yes, there's ads maybe every, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes, but not a big deal. I'm glad that I finally sat down and watched it. Totally worth a watch. Came out in 1994. It is rated PG-13, hour and 32 minutes. It has a 5 out of 10 out of 10,000 reviewers. I think it deserves at least a 7. It was hilarious. Uh, action, comedy, crime, well-labeled because he's a superhero. Kind of like a vigilante, more or less. It's about a simpleton inventor who becomes a superhero with a bulletproof costume and a low budget. Directed by Mike Binder, written by Damon Waynes, who also uh, plays as Blank Man or Daryl Walker during the day. <laughs> he has uh, glasses and uh, the left side of his frame of glasses that are held on his face. There's a fork that holds his glasses together. Pretty funny. Also starring David Allen Greer, as I stated, his brother, Kevin, whom both were in Living Color together, of course. That was a funny show. So shout out to that show. I loved it. Joe Polito as the villain, Michael Minnelli, and uh, George C Can't Stand You from Seinfeld. Shout out to him. Jason Alexander as a handicapped vet newsroom uh, coordinator, Mr. Stone. The tagline is, he's coming to save your butt, which is awesome. They also have a really cool cover art too, and it kind of reminds me of the uh, Operation Ivy uh, logo, like the guy kind of like doing a little jig or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, it's Blank Man with his hand out and he has a cape. And I know they sell T-shirts. I definitely want a Blank Man T-shirt. I think they're like less than 20 bucks too from what I saw. Trivially, young Daryl and Kevin are played by Damon Wayans' uh, sons. So that's pretty cool. And it's their first uh, film debut. And Last Action Hero 1993, a year prior, Damon Wayans wears a Blank Man hat to the premiere of the movie within a movie, Jack Slater 4, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So shout out to that too. That movie's awesome as well. Who the hell are you? I'm the great comedian Arnold Groundsweiger. Oh, God, such a great movie. And that movie also has Megadeth in it, Angry Again. So shout out to fucking Megadeth. Hell yeah. J5, a robot that uh, Damon Wayans' character uses, uh, Daryl Walker, a.k.a. Blankman, has a Sega Genesis on him, which Blankman sets to put cartridges in so he could reprogram the uh, system. The original script uh, written as actually uh, Howard Stern's character Fartman when negotiations fell through, uh, Lawton reworked the script with uh, Damon into Blank Man instead. So that's interesting. I mean, I don't know if I could have saw it as a Fartman movie, but I think Fartman would have been a 90s thing only if they made a movie. They probably couldn't make a movie about that today. Maybe like some sort of like animated uh, cartoon along the lines of like how, uh, what is it, Invincible that came out on Amazon perhaps. Shout out to that show too. That show is amazing. I'm not even really a superhero fan, but that show was awesome. Jason Alexander also wore a bald cap for his role, and it's pretty well covered up because I thought he actually maybe just shaved his head for the role, so why not? Cool. Lastly, in one scene, Blankman throws a uh, brace to knock down a, a robber. Wayne's used to wear a brace when he was younger due to his club foot, so that's pretty crazy. I did not know that. In an interview, uh, I had no idea that John Polito has admitted to being openly gay. Uh, well, good for him that he has... He's done a lot of movies, too. I had no idea that Minnelli's character, uh, Joe Polito, was gay. So that's that's cool, man. Good for him that you know he's openly just comfortable about it. That's awesome. He was Gideon in The Crow in 1984, Joe Polito, a Coen Brothers film as well, Miller's Crossing. So 
1990, for example. So shout out to both of those films. Rest in peace, Brandon Lee. Released August 19th, 1994 uh, in Chicago, Illinois. It was filmed. Budget was $30 million and it grossed $7.9 million worldwide. So unfortunately it flopped. But like I said, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. According to Wikipedia, it was panned by critics and was a box office disappointment. I... I still don't see it that way. I thought it was hysterical. It has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, so fuck off. No thanks. Big surprise because their ratings suck. I I disagree with the majority of them. At least 90% of them, if not more. Not much else on this parody superhero uh, Diamond in the Rough. I can't believe that it took me this long to finally sit down and watch it. I I laughed the entire time. I thought it was great. It's It's a fun ride. Free on YouTube. Go out there and watch it. Blank Man. Next film. All right, I'm talking about the iconic Tammy and the T-Rex, and I actually managed to write a couple things down. Not necessarily too much, but I thought it was pretty funny. So right off uh, the initial start uh, as the credits roll, it says Tanny and the T-Rex. So that's pretty funny. Good job. I will explain that momentarily. Uh, Denise Richards plays Tanny, and it stars Paul Walker as Michael. So Paul Walker is seeing some sort of... uh, or is essentially fighting some sort of bully who's Denise Richards' uh, boyfriend. They start fighting, and they have <laughs> what's called in the film a testicular standoff. Uh, they beat each other up and grab each other's balls and then are broken up by the cops. Yeah, testicular standoff, sure, that's what they called it in the film. Paul Walker gets uh, mangled by a, a lion because they uh, the bullies essentially – they knock him out, and then they put him in the back of uh, their car, and then they go to like a uh, a wild safari park and let him free. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to let you live. He doesn't realize that he's in this park and then gets mangled by animals. Uh, it also stars Weekend at Bernie's, the uh, main guy. I'll get into that momentarily. Uh, he plays a, a mad scientist, like Russian doctor, I believe. He puts his brain – or he puts uh, Michael, a.k.a. Paul Walker's brain, into a T-Rex, and then the splatter begins. The T-Rex rips a guy's head off, steps on a muscle builder's abs, and then his head, and it's just full of puns. Uh, He steps on a car, and there's these guys under a car, and then they explode. Super cool. Picture a trauma or a Full Moon Direct-like film that just came together, and it just hits all those good notes, and the acting is just awesome, and it's also bad at the same time. It's just a nutty good time. I'm so glad that I finally sat down and watched this one, too. It is on, I believe, Shudder, as well as also being free on Tubi. It is a 1994 film, rated PG-13, is an hour and 22 minutes, has a 5.3 out of 10, 5,000 reviewers, thank you IMDb, labeled as comedy sci-fi. I'd even give it some sort of horrific elements, too, because, I mean, I I, I would label it as a horror comedy, personally. Uh, an evil scientist implants the brain of a murdered student, Paul Walker, as I stated, into a robotic T-Rex. That's more or less the plot. He escapes, wreaks havoc and vengeance uh, in a high school, tormentors, and reunites with Tammy, a.k.a. Denise Richards, directed by Stuart Raffle, who is also known for Ice Pirates. Uh, both of those are great films. I love the Ice Pirates. That is a solid, freaking fun uh, movie. Uh, now, according to uh, YouTube, I am listening to Fuzz Nation, Fuzz and Stoner Rock Music. It's a full album compilation uh, by Cleo Fuzz, I believe. I don't know. Super cool looking background. I haven't heard this one, but I'll listen to it. Let's go. Tagline is, uh, <laughs> he's the coolest pet in town. Sure, why not? I accept that. The entirety of this film can be seen, actually, trivially, in the player's house in the game High on Life, released December 13th of last year, 2022. The original title, T 
Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex on the title screen excuse me, uh, is restored in the uncut version. Ending credits are also credited uh, to Denise as Tanny. So that's that explanation. That was the original title. That's why. Uh, the gorier scenes were actually deleted in order to secure a PG-13 rating. But some shots ended up in the Italian dub, and it wasn't until an uncut 35mm print was discovered by Vinegar Syndrome that the film was restored to its original uncensored version. So thank you, Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, the script uh, was written on location and arranged in three weeks. Uh, Efren Ramirez, a.k.a. Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite, was the pizza boy in his acting debut in this film. So that's cool. And rest in peace, Paul Walker. In real life, he loved wild animals and was not afraid of them. That's pretty cool. I could see him kind of being a badass like that, you know, especially when pff, Fast and Furious came out, man. During filming, uh, Denise, 23 at the time, and Paul, 21 at the time, were actually dating, so good for them. Released December 21st, 1994, filmed in Los Angeles, California. Big surprise. I mean, it looked like it was kind of filmed there. I recognize some stuff. Uh, the budget was $1 million flat. Now, according to Wiki, director Stuart Raffle says that he was approached by a man who owned theaters in South America who had a, a animatronic T-Rex, which was going to a park in Texas. The eyes and the arms... And as well as the head worked, and they had it for two weeks. It was then shipped to Texas and made into a movie with it. No story at the time, but they started filming within a month, and they wrote the story within a week. Filming was done in Newberry Park near Thousand Oaks, uh, Malibu, Los Angeles County area, near the beach. Originally was rated R for comedic horror. Gore was removed from its initial release to appeal to a family audience. In 2019, Vinegar Syndrome released the uncut version on Blu-ray. I'm basically just reiterating myself here. Rotten Tomatoes, 43%, can go to hell. It's an awesome, gory, bad-acting cheese. It's just, I had a lot of fun with this. I really loved this movie. I, I thought it was so much fun. And I never remember seeing this advertised anywhere. I've only heard about it via, like, podcasts or just word on the street kind of thing. The unrated version, though, has 100% out of 7 reviews with a 6.6 .6 on Rotten Tomatoes. So I guess watch that version, right? And that's the version I watched as far as I'm concerned. So there you go. Hell yeah. Tammy and the T-Rex, go watch it. It's a lot of fun. On to the next film. All right, still listening to Fuzz Nation, but uh, on to Pledge Night now. Before I get into that film, I got some things to say about it. So there's a guy who gets stabbed. Uh, it's basically an hour and a half of a uh, college haze but the first hour is mostly hazing and then the last half hour there's a little bit more gruesome you know slashing and attacks and so forth but there's a little bit of killing here and there throughout but most of it takes place near the end um, there's a guy who gets stabbed and then a guy requests that he doesn't bleed all over his car yeah funny but why not uh <laughs> and then there's a sequence where they're doing like the uh what is it, the um cherry on the uh, ice block moving it with their butt you know the college hazing uh i guess activity if you will and one guy says i'll eat the cherries for my brother sir the spoils of war and the cherry races <laughs> being hazed moving cherries on the uh, ice blocks with ass cheeks that's what i had to say about that <laughs> none of the kids uh can kiss in the bar scene it's ridiculous it's like Pin the tail on the donkey with tongues and groping, uh, but at least Anthrax is playing in the background. Yes, uh, about this film, 
Uh, Jerry, not Jerry, sorry. Excuse me, can't fucking speak English. There's your one for this episode. Joey Belladonna is in this, and there's a lot of uh, anthrax music in this as, as well, which is pretty cool. That's probably the biggest selling point of it. But uh, you want to be a brother, eat that turd. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's like covered in this weird chocolate crap. I, I think it's actually, uh, it's a banana that's covered in like anchovy paste in the toilet. There's a guy who has a, like a bandana over his face so he can't see it, but it's just funny that they said that. You want to be a brother, eat that turd. I just thought it was a funny line. Uh, and then the pledge's final cocktail was to be finished um, in the basement before they can essentially be brothers. It's some sort of uh, shake with a bunch of weird crap in it. What a bunch of assholes. I thought that was pretty funny too. So one of the uh, college members goes crazy. He starts killing people, one from inside a uh, toilet, and then in a tool room with uh, screwdrivers. Uh, so he basically gets possessed by one of the previous um, pledges, essentially. Yeah, and then uh, he comes out of the guy's uh, stomach when it's finally like revealed. It's kind of like an alien ripoff. It's pretty cool. He falls over because he doesn't realize he's possessed going around killing people, I guess. And uh, the previous uh, guy who was hazed to death, essentially, uh, rips out of his stomach. And uh, yeah, it's very reminiscent of like the alien xenomorph scene. So super cool. I, I liked that. So... Pledge Night, 1988 on IMDb, and then uh, 1990 on Wikipedia, apparently. So if I ever do a 1990s uh, horror slash sci-fi creature episode, whatever, with a, a buddy, I'm going to say 1990, and I'm going to use this film because I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, on IMDb, rated R, hour and 26. It's free on Tubi and YouTube as well. Has a 4.7 out of 100, not 100, I can't fucking speak English. There's your second one. Out of 1,000, well, I guess 100 reviews, so that works. I just spoke out of turn here. Uh, labeled as comedy horror, and that, that, that will suffice. A college frat in the middle of hazing their new pledges during Hell Week incur the wrath of a long-deceased pledge who decide during a hazing gone wrong 20 years ago. Directed by Paul Ziller, featuring Anthrax's Joey Belladonna as Young Sid, and features a lot of their music, as I stated, including metal thrashing men. I can't sing like he does, but you get the idea. Tagline is uh, "Brothers to the end, the very end." Solid. I'll take that. The cover art is really cool too. It's a toilet along the lines of kind of like Ghoulies, I guess, or street trash, if you will, with a hand coming out making a, a peace sign. Trivially, one cast member quit before shooting began because he was offended with the homoerotic nature of various frat hazing practices in the film. Teach their own, I guess. Whatever. Uh, the film submitted five times to the MPA uh, rating, and uh, most gore was actually turned down to secure the R rating. And there's even a sequence where uh, he's using like an egg whisk, I, ble I believe is what they're called, or like a, a whisking uh, batter device. And uh, the guy, before he realizes he's possessed, you know, he sticks it down a girl's throat. You don't necessarily see it. It's shot off screen, you know, and then they show her later with uh, her shirt off of course because it's 80s slash 90s horror right and she's just all bloody so that was a uh, shot off screen but i think that would have been kind of cool if they decided to use that in the film too but to each their own uh the only film by joyce snyder writer uh not to get an x rating uh, also her last film that she did uh cast was found due to an ad in a backstage magazine uh trivially as well initially titled as a hazing in hell and i think that would have worked as well uh, released as the released at the back end of the slasher craze in the 1980s, uh, trivially as well. That's all I got for that as far as trivia goes. Uh, Wikipedia, the budget was $200,000, filmed at Delta Phi Rutgers University 
in New Jersey. Not much else really on this film, but uh, yeah, it's mostly an hour of college hazing, a few killing here and there in the beginning, and then the end is like a deceased zombie hazing pledge guy who comes back and uh, very, very little sequences of uh, Joey Belladonna in it. But overall, bad acting, but it was cool in that regard also. I, I like crap like this. And then, uh, like I said, Joey Belladonna's in it, so you have to watch it, right? And then um, a lot of Anthrax music is throughout the entirety of this film as well. So there you have it. Pledge Night, a.k.a. A Hazing in Hell. Moving on to the next film. Alright, still got Fuzz Nation in the background playing. It looks like it's a long track. I think it's, yeah, almost two hours, so I'm not going to talk two hours about The Gate 2, but that's what I'm going to be talking about next. But uh, as I stated, these are some things that I wrote down while watching it. I watched it uh, one night while I was at uh, work and I had to stay, and uh, this is what I uh, got from it. So there's a quote, shut up, I love you when you say shut up to the gremlin, <laughs> the minion, whatever the hell you call it. He's a party animal. <laughs> so ridiculous, these quotes. Uh, goddamn chicks, man. They are worse than demons. That's what one of the bullies says. Uh, the film has really good force perspective, just like its predecessor. There's plot holes, a relatively loose and bad story, bad acting uh, compared to the first. It, it doesn't have the same oomph as the first one, but I still liked it nonetheless. Uh, I also noticed that um, the girl was being sentimental during a, a heartfelt moment while Terry's dad... Uh, it's the same actor from the first who played Terry, the guy with the glasses and the longer hair. Uh, Terry's dad was in the ICU after his uh, plane didn't leave the ground and it kind of crashed. He holds his dad's hand and then the girl says to him, it's okay if you touch me too. She meant a hug, but it just sounded dirty and I had to put it in there because I thought it was funny. I was like, they should have just replaced her lines and said like, you know, it's okay to hold my hand or it's okay. You can hug me too. If you want to rather than it's okay. Touch me too. Like what? The I understand what she was trying to do, but just, yeah, it was, <laughs> you can't make this shit up at a French restaurant. Uh, there's a roll of $100 bills that, uh, one of the guys uses, uh, throughout the film when they re release these demons from hell, they essentially get their wishes granted, but their wishes eventually, eventually turn to shit. And it's pretty funny because, he tries to pay for the bill at this French restaurant after he ate like a giant bowl of escargot or whatever. He puts the hundreds down and it just literally turns into crap. It looks like, I don't know, sloppy Joe's or chili or something, but pretty funny. One of the bullies goes to the bathroom and he's essentially boiling like his skin is like falling apart uh, due to conjuring the demons and making wishes, as I stated. And they, uh, they all kind of fall apart, these uh, individuals. It's pretty cool. He then bursts through the wall and jumps out through a window. Pretty cool. Uh, he, uh, that particular bully then turns into a giant minion, and it's like stop motion in full effect, and it's pretty dang cool. Kind of like how the first one utilized uh, stop motion with that final demon that uh, Stephen Dorff's character, uh, Glenn, uses the rocket to blow up. Uh, then the hell dimension is basically like Mortal Kombat set is what it looked like to me. It's, it's cool looking. One guy who dies uh, turns back into a uh, demon. Uh, he died essentially because he has like a heart condition throughout the movie and he's like taking pills. And he turns into one of those like golem creatures. Pretty cool. Uh, Terry dies in the hell world then is buried 
uh, back in the real world and he knocks the coffin open at the end. It's pretty funny. And he's like, you didn't hear me knocking to let me out. He's alive at the end. Apparently I, I was like, were they going with a horror comedy kind of aspect here? I think they were, of course there's an ad. All right, let me skip that. There we go. All right, moving back on along with, uh, Mo, who was one of the bullies and demons as, as well as John, everybody comes back. Everybody who died in the hell world basically come back through this particular coffin that, uh, Terry was in at the end. So pretty weird. And then uh, what John says, the main bully uh, at the end, he's like, who needs chicks when you got demons? Good one, John. And then credits, like just dumb, but it fun in the same way. So The Gate 2, Trespassers, 1990. Uh, I admit that I had a, a particular way that I watched it. Moving on from that. Uh, it is an hour and 30 minutes as a 4.8 out of 2,500 reviews. Labeled as fantasy, comedy, horror, which is fitting because it... It's a true sequel to the first. It's not as beloved in my regard as the first, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. Four teens uh, summoned a diminutive demonic minion from the other side to do their bidding and grant wishes. They all must pay the price. That is essentially the plot. Directed by Tibor Takax, who also did I, Madman, which is a really cool serial killer film about a girl reading a book uh, that essentially comes to life. I own that one, and I feel it is it is incredibly criminally underrated uh this one isn't as good as its predecessor but still a fun film regardless uh not i madman obviously gate two been five years since terry the protagonist and this one his friend glenn uh steven dorf's character in the first one discovered the gate to hell in his backyard glenn moved away and terry begins practicing rituals in glenn's old house which makes sense because the house looks exactly identical to the first so i assume that's what they were going for bringing demons through the gate and leading to possession and near world domination. The tagline is there's only one more <laughs> there's only one more terrifying than the first visit, the second. Eh, sure, why not? Trivially filmed in 1988 but was un uh, released until 1990. First released in Europe before the US actually. Uh, that's it. That's all I was able to find via trivia on IMDb, so that's kind of sad, but released February 28th, 1992. Even though IMDb says 1990, so maybe Europe was first and then U.S. two years later. I'm not quite sure. I didn't dig into that. Filmed in Toronto and Ontario, Canada. Its budget was $6.5 million and only grossed $2 million, so it sort of flopped. Uh, let's visit Wiki. It opened in 350 U.S. theaters, uh, released on VHS in 1992 by Columbia TriStar. In October 2017, Scream Factory announced a Blu-ray, and then in February 2018, it was released. LA Times editor Kevin Thomas stated that it doesn't generate as much fun and excitement as the original, but likely to be enjoyed by fans. And that's that's really that hits the head on the nail right there for me. That that works perfectly. No Rotten Tomatoes review here, so good. I didn't want to see what they had to say anyway. But there you have it. There's Gate Two. I'd say watch it any which way you can. It's it's really hard to find a stream. Uh, your best bet might be purchasing this one, whether it be Amazon or. I don't know, Hulu or Vudu or whatever the hell you can use to purchase it and watch it. I'd say at least watch it just for the sake of finishing the uh, saga of Gate 1 and 2. But uh, it's it's all right. Anyway, moving on to the next film. All right, before I close out with a Mosquito, I was watching it and I had a, a pretty decent amount of things that I wrote down. I, I had a lot, a lot of fun with this one. I really loved this film. Uh, in the intro... Uh, one of the uh, female actors or actresses, she says, it looks like a proboscis, you know, the insect's tongue for feeding. 
I mean, I obviously already knew what a proboscis or proboscis, however you pronounce it, was, but it was just pretty funny that she decided to uh, explain it. Uh, the park ranger spying on volleyball players says, spike it. Oh, yeah, jump it. Yeah, what a creeper, pervert. Kind of funny. We hit a bug in the road. It was an insect. Okay, Meg. I think this is where Family Guy got that kind of reference from where they're like, you know, shut up, Meg, because that's one of the girl's names in this. And they say throughout the entirety of the film, well, up until they obviously pass, I guess, more or less from the mosquito kills. Uh, I think that, yes, Seth MacFarlane kind of took that from this film if he if he's seen it. That's just my perspective on that. Okay. Uh, first uh, kill was they tried to shoot the mosquito and shot Rex uh, Gunner Hansen's um, gun down the, pfft. so they shot a particular guy with the 12 gauge. They were trying to shoot the mosquito is what I was trying to say. So Gunnar Hansen had a 12. Yes. He's in this film. Good old fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I will get into that momentarily as well. So he has a 12 gauge. He tries to shoot the mosquito and misses and shoots Rex through the back. And you see the bullet go through the front and he falls over dead. Uh, first mosquito kill is in a tiny little boat. And, uh, one guy gets stabbed in the eye by the proboscis about 20 minutes in super cool effects. Cause it like comes out kind of like how the brain bug does in Starship Troopers uh, through their uh, little, I guess, tube, if you will. And it has like green ooze when the uh, proboscis comes out and, you know, stabs people. Super cool. Second kill, 25 minutes in, stabs and uh, sucks a girl's butt cheek. Pretty funny in a tent. And funny enough, in that tent, in that uh, sex sequence, I was reading that uh, <laughs> a camera fell on her head. Pretty funny. Uh, the bug basically had her legs open and was about to, yeah, do exactly what you think I'm about to say, but she flips over and he stabs her in the butt and sucks her dry. Pretty funny. Oh man, it doesn't matter. Pretty boy. They're gonna use, <laughs> they're gonna get, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just, these are just quotes that I heard. Uh, it doesn't matter. Pretty boy. They're going to get us all. Anyhow, take a nap and punches him in. <laughs> he punches him pretty funny. Oh, so stupid. Uh, Gunnar Hansen gets uh, kicked in the balls. You bitch, girly. And then she says, damn, straight and whack. And then kicks him in the balls. Pretty funny. 55 minutes in. Uh, Junior uh, is Gunnar Hansen's brother. He gets a proboscis in the chest and his eyes pop out and explode. The mosquito is uh, taken down from there. And it's really, really cool practical effects and stop motion. The eyes explode. It looks like, you know, you can clearly tell it's like a rubberized person uh, being inflated and then deflated because he's obviously draining his blood, the mosquito, but probably one of the best kills in this film. Super fucking cool. I also love the nod to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, aspect here because Gunner says when he finds a chainsaw, he's like, I found this in the woodshed and I haven't handled this in 20 years since 20 years ago in 1974, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released and this film was released 1994. So shout out to that film. That's, that's classic. That's really cool that he decided to say that. I don't know if it was improvised or in the script. Uh, Gunner then chainsaws one to a bloody mess right after that. Super cool. I loved it. Uh, they go to the basement and they find the nest. There's really cool effects there. It's uh, like a matte painting and it's cell shading. There's a lot of matte, uh, painting in this and cell shading and stop motion and just puppetry just really cool effects in this film and uh, it almost kind of reminds me of like when obi-wan is in uh the death star and he's like shutting down um like reactors and so forth and you can tell that it's a matte painting that's exactly what it looked like when they uh see the uh, nest there in the basement super cool all right i'm gonna skip this ad here we go back to fuzz nation all right i'm gonna be talking to you guys about mosquito it is on Shutter. Otherwise, there was nowhere else for me to find it to be uh, streamed. So 
what I saw. So thank you, Austin, for that. I'm glad that I was able to uh, watch it. And I used it. I played it on my computer, and then I hooked up my computer to my TV and watched it that way. Because for some reason, the app, the app has a lot of difficulties. For some reason, I don't know if it's an iPhone thing or an Android thing or what, but I don't know. Uh, the app is cool. There's a lot of stuff to do on there, but there's really no like queue. I can't find a queue. I can't find recently watched. I can't continue watching something, but it works just fine on my laptop. So whatever. Rated R, 1994, hour 32 minutes, as a 4.8 out of 2,700 reviews. I'd give it a 6, and I'll explain because it was a fun creature feature. Uh, labeled as horror sci-fi, and that's perfect. I'd even throw in some comedic regard in there as well. Very light on the comedy, but it's still there. It's about a violent massacre caused by human-sized mosquitoes forces survivors to band together in a fight for survival as the mosquitoes continue their onslaught until their uh, demise when blown up at the end uh, in this uh, rundown house. Directed by Gary Jones, starring Texas Chainsaw Massacre veteran Gutterin, Gunner, Gutterin. Well, there's your third one of this fucking episode. Hey, out of like seven, eight movies that I talked, I only did it three times, can't fucking speak English, so I think that's a win for me there. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre veteran Gunnar Hansen is in this film, also featuring Tim Loveless, who did his own stunts in this. Pretty cool. Uh, tagline for the movie poster, it says, Blood never tasted better. Solid stuff. I like that. But when then when you decide to uh, look closer at the uh, home release of this, the tagline on this and the cover art says, Millions of years of evolution have just become mankind's worst nightmare. Both are great, I think. It's very few when they're like longer sentences. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like you just need something short and sweet. Like, Blood never tasted better. To me, that's a little better, but the other one's also good. Trivially, Matt Hunley wasn't the first choice for special effects. Halfway through, the original effects artist said, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get a pack of smokes and didn't return. Crazy. Original screenplay, actually, this is pretty cool, had bigger ideas since the budget was slashed. Supposed to open with a bank heist gone wrong, resulting in the death of one of the members of Earl's posse, Gunner's character. Uh, mosquitoes were to attack Detroit and a military base. Corpses of the ones killed were to be uh, coming back as reanimated zombies and those stabbed by the mosquitoes uh, would slowly become zombies themselves removed due to budget constraints and felt that it was too distracting from the mosquitoes themselves uh, I, I think that would have been a really cool cut regardless or if they make a sequel and something like that happens uh, original title was Skeeters changed due to the 1993 film a year prior of the same name other titles uh, in the works were uh, Night Swarm and Blood Fever. It is also known as Blood Fever, I believe, in other countries, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the rig used to make the giant insects look like they were flying was dubbed the Boom of Doom. I like that. That's cool. Gunnar Hansen also had this to say about it. This was his favorite film to work in, and Earl was his best character. So why not fucking watch this? He also, as I stated, makes that Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference. So I, like I said, this is great. I, I loved it. Because uh, I think the only other film that was obscure that he did was like it was like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers or something like that. I, I might have to look that one up. Yeah, I think I've seen that one too. And it also, of course, has Linnea Quigley in it nude. Of course, because why not? It's Linnea Quigley. <laughs> but yes, Gunner was in that one as well. Uh, released November 21st, 1994 in Japan. Filmed in Detroit and on a budget of $200,000. According to Wikipedia, uh, Ron Ashton, who acted... Uh, as the lead guitarist, or excuse me, he acted in this and was the lead guitarist for Iggy Pop and the Stooges. That's pretty dope because I did not know that. So I'm pff, fucking, you get Gunner and you get Iggy Pop and the Stooges in this. Well, not Iggy Pop himself, but Ron Ashton, the guitarist. So that's awesome. Uh, the Mosquito production wise, when Earl 
shot one, it was a rubber puppet that contained the crew's leftovers from lunch in order to simulate organs and fluids. Mmm, lunchtime. <laughs> Film's opening scene, there was a spacecraft that was a model using a forced perspective. And there's, like I stated, there's a lot of cell animation and traditional effects in this film, and I approve of that. VHS and Laserdisc released the same year as the film came out, and then 99 on DVD. It was also on TV syndicate on USA and Sci-Fi Channel uh, for many, many years. Uh, also nominated for the Best Horror at the 21st uh, Saturn Awards. Rotten Tomatoes, 60%. Boo on them, right? But uh, there you have it. All these films, recent pickups and toys. As always, thank you for the love and support. Go enjoy the rest of your weekend. If anybody wants to be on this show, I'm always down to talk movies, music, video games, toys, whatever. Hell, I'll even talk comic books with whatever knowledge I know, which isn't very much. <laughs> but uh, as always, pleasure. Go enjoy yourselves, everyone. Thank you for the love and support. I know I'm beating a dead horse here, repeating myself, but it means a lot to me, you know, this little show. So thank you. Go enjoy the rest of your day. Get out of here. Go. Get out of here. Goodbye.